This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello. Welcome. I thought I would share my writing journey and give some tips on how I approached writing my first full-length novel all on my own, independently. I have not gone to school to necessarily um, learn creative writing or like graduate to become a writer. I didn't have that path in college, but I did get to have a minor in English in college. However, those classes did not prepare me on how to Thankfully, we have the internet, and there's a wealth of resources out there to help you on your journey. So today, I hope that, if anything, you walk away with some interesting tips, and perhaps you're not interested in being a writer, and you might just find this interesting. And you're just here to relax. So, I have here a stack of books that I will be going through momentarily. These are some of the resources I currently have. I just want to preface that I did not need to read all of these all the way through. A lot of these are reference books that I just kind of return back to when I need, but I would like to share them. So yeah, I hope you enjoy and come along with me to learn how I wrote a book. So a little bit about me is that ever since I was a child, I've loved reading. And when I was probably around kindergarten or first grade, I definitely obviously learned how to read by first grade and shortly thereafter wanted to become a writer. You know, those fun profiles they would give you as a kid, you know, like what was your favorite? movie, or your favorite food, or your favorite color, well, they would also include questions like, what would you want to be when you grow up? And I always put an author. <laughs> I even, I think around maybe like third grade, I thought maybe I would start writing my autobiography. I'm not sure what, why, but <laughs> that's just the kind of kid I was, and as I grew older, around middle school is when I started writing in notebooks. I would write on college-ruled paper in binders, small notebooks, large notebooks, like so. So this is an example of a notebook that I wrote in. Um, I couldn't fully write stories of like full-length novels. I would just write what I called chapters. I wrote these scenes or chapters that I could see in my head. I have a very vivid imagination and I like to explain it that I see movies in my head. I can kind of 
I'm sure most of you can relate to that. But yeah, I would just start writing scenes and I was, I was and still am into romance, fantasy, historical fiction. Um, it was always just very fantastical. That was just my jam and still technically is today. Pencil. I mean, I was around 13 years old when I started to really write even more. I would say between the ages of like 10 and 14, I was really writing a lot. Um, I was homeschooled during that time, so I had a lot of time on my hands. Um, and it was just the most wonderful years of my life. So, I would just write in notebooks, and then eventually I was able to write on a computer and start saving a bunch of stories. This is like an example. And a lot, a lot of these stories have impacted what I write today. handwrite as much anymore. I do bring a notebook with me every so often and uh, write down scenes that come into my head or on my phone. My phone tends to be the fastest. So I think my handwriting has suffered. <laughs> but a lot of these notebooks have empty pages too. Oh, well, there's quite a bit there. They were always different stories sometimes. It wasn't always the same scenarios or characters. I would have dreams sometimes and try to write down stories from my dreams. That doesn't happen as often, as much as I wish it would. school, I ended up not writing as much. I was just a very busy student, and I think my dreams of becoming a writer started to drift, and it was kind of disheartening, but I am still proud of all the things I got to do as a high schooler, and the things I accomplished and worked hard at. Um, then I went into college. I actually majored in creative writing, but I ended up moving into communication studies because if I had to be honest with you, I felt intimidated being a creative writing major. I felt like I couldn't make anything of it, that it might just be a very complete waste. Looking back now, I wish I hadn't been afraid to just go for it. Because honestly, college is kind of a scam. <laughs> You end up paying a lot of money anyway, so you might as well learn what you want to learn. That's how I like to see it. And everything is really teachable nowadays, so I'm a good example of how I'm teaching myself to write now. Although I do wish in college I had taken a bit more classes that could have helped me learn the tools sooner. But, you know, it's never too late. I was ready now to embark on this journey. That's all I can, you know, that's all I can really say. So, when I graduated college, I ended up getting married about a year later to my fiancé at the time, now husband. And once I graduated and found a job, suddenly it was like I could live my life for me and after all these big life changes, I was starting to look towards the future. And I realized that the dream of being a writer never left. So, I decided that year, I think it was like 2017, on my birthday in December, I decided I would try to write 
a full novel and get serious about these stories in my head instead of just writing little chapters here and there or even like often a lot of chapters but never a full story I decided I would get serious and to be honest with you I think I struggled maybe the first six months to a year just trying to figure out the story I wanted to tell and I would get so caught up in different methods that just really weren't working for me like for example a lot of people uh, like to do flashcards with scene ideas and brainstorming that just wasn't me so my first tip would be research the methodologies for writing that work best for you I'm a very organized person in my brain and so therefore I needed something that fit that you know in terms of on paper or in this case on my laptop so I ended up researching um, I would follow YouTube creators who were writers as well and I found this creator, her name is Adele Marie, I'll link her below, and she does a lot of writing videos, and in her earlier videos, she shared her outline process and how she kind of wrote her novel in Google Docs, and used a Google Sheet as a way of tracking chapters and scenes and just kind of putting all the notes together and I realized that was the perfect process for me, so I sort of adapted it. I'll talk through that in a minute on the exact outlining process, and I'll even share an example. But I will link her video on the very topic as well, so you can check out her content as she goes more in-depth. As she goes more in-depth. So Adele Marie and other YouTube creators research really helped encourage me to realize I could do this and my tip to you is you also need to believe that you can do it and that it's possible. It's not going to be the most perfect novel out the gate. <laughs> it's going to take time. I think the most important thing you should know is you should just write it and try to keep moving forward no matter what because as long as you're moving forward something's getting done <laughs> so another uh, creator online that really provided so much tools and encouragement and I just love her as a creator in general her name is Kristen Kiefer and she wrote this book called Build Your Best Writing Life and this book and her other, mostly her blogs and her articles and her content on her website are just a wealth of information. At one point she was giving resources out as well, nearly for free. I'm not sure if she's doing that anymore, but world building templates, character profile templates, there's so many options out there for you to find something that is affordable or free. And Kristen Kiefer is just one of those people online with an immense amount of resources. And also her style of encouragement is just very in line with me. I feel like a lot of the times you come across creators who are like, what are you doing with your life? Why won't you just get it done? You know, just like so aggressive. <laughs> and I just, I needed kindness and compassion in the personality of people I could look up to. So, you know, find who fits for you. But for me, I needed someone who had gentle, you know, respectful and practical tips. Um, just understanding that not everyone can just get up at four in the morning, right? And write till the day is done. Kind of 
kind of like that hustle culture. Um, writing is a craft, just like anything else, and crafts take time, and also, um, you're on your own timeline, and as long as you're honoring what you want, I don't think you should really, you know, feel pressured to, you know, be published right away. I am not published. I'm not sure I mentioned that, but I'm not. <laughs> I did get to finish a full-length full version of my first novel, and I'm currently working on a second novel, but a different, entirely different series. And I just feel so much more confident in finishing those. Publishing, however, is a completely different story, so I'm still learning a lot about that and what my options are. But I know at the end of the day, if I write just to, like, read my own books, that still makes me happy. Would I love to share that with the world? I still would. So we'll see how that goes. Okay, well, Kristen Kiefer's Build Your Best Writing Life. Um, this is really just talking about simple techniques that can help you sort of win your inner creative battles and really just help you finish your projects. So I would say this is more of like an encouragement um, book and I'm still kind of going through this. Again, it's things that I have to come back to here and there, but I love this creator as well and I'll link her info below. This is the book that helped me understand how to write an outline and feel like I could actually finish my book. It is incredibly helpful for me, maybe not for everyone, but it's called Save the Cat Writes a Novel, the last book on novel writing you'll ever need by Jessica Brody. This book I have I do that because there are, let's see if I can find it, there are graphs and like breakdowns of how to write a story. It is kind of like a formula that technically can work for any story, right? Um, you know, there's a beginning, a middle, and end, a problem and a solution, you know? So there are certain things that do make a story, I would say, concise for everyone to kind of understand. Not to say you can't go outside the box a little bit, though. But this is a great breakdown of how to write a story. So it starts with an opening image, theme stated, catalyst, break into two, B story, midpoint, all is lost, break into three, and final image. Break into two and break into three are like break into those final acts. Um, and of course, all is lost and all that good stuff is kind of like, you know, right before the ending. <laughs> This is an amazing resource, and um, I'm sure you could check it out online as some type of graph um, and see if that's something that might make sense for you. But for me, what worked was essentially taking these breakpoints in a story, what makes a story, and putting that in my outline in an Excel sheet and basically filling in the gaps between all these points with chapters, or you might consider scenes. Um, so I'll share a bit more about that, but the, this is essentially what I put in my Excel sheet, broken down. And it just makes sense to me in my head. Um, again, there's so many processes out there. So I would say try to find a process first that works for you, because what ends up happening is you have a guideline, right? You have your guardrails where you can become free to write and create however you wish, but you're sort of following a guide 
you know, um, and some people can just see it all in their head and write everything through and then kind of return back to it and make sense of it all. So let's say flashcards are how you make sense of scene ideas or maybe, um, you need a poster board. Those are all fun tools. I just, I personally tried them and I felt very overwhelmed. <laughs> so, this book truly saved me along with Adele Marie's, um, uh, her method of outlining. I basically recreated it in my own way and it helped me write my first book. So, it was amazing. Um, and I will say, like, the way I was able to really start to fully get into writing my first draft and not kind of, like, procrastinate was taking NaNoWriMo. So NaNoWriMo is National Novel Writing Month, and it's usually in November, but they also do other months and, like, other challenges. And it's a challenge to write 50,000 words in one month. That's roughly, I mean, it's over a thousand words per day. I think it's like 1,600 or something. It's a lot. And uh, if you think about, like, a 400-page book, that's roughly around maybe 100,000 words. Um, so if you wanted to write a 400-page book, you might need 100,000 words, right? So 50,000 words in one month gets you 50% of the way there, essentially. Um, so for me, it was important to me that I got the story down and I could always go back to edit and develop characters better, or world build better, but, um, learning that outline process is what allowed me to feel confident taking a challenge like NaNoWriMo, because I could kind of outline all the chapters, have high-level ideas of what I wanted to write, and then every day I got to kind of write one chapter at a time, and really start to let my imagination fill in any gaps and quite literally tell the story. So, that kind of leads me to the, my other two books that were helpful at the time, and you don't need to buy these books, but I'm just kind of sharing what I got out, what I, you know, what I went out and got as helpful tools for me. So, again, this helped me process my outline methodology and my writing method that would make me feel comfortable getting on my laptop and writing every day. And I put everything in Google Sheets, Google Docs. That's where I wrote my first novel. I've now moved into Scrivener. However, I do still like Google Docs. So, find the tool you like the most. Uh, Scrivener does cost some money. Just heads up. Now, while it's so great to have an outline process, maybe your story feels like you don't have all those, uh, you need to think good and brainstorm a bit, right? What are the challenges? What are the plot twists? And this is where you might need a little assistance and encouragement. Because um, sometimes I would be coming up against roadblocks where I would feel really confident about one scene or chapter or situation, but then come up against a block of like, okay, well now what do they do? <laughs> um, so I picked up this book called Story Trumps Structure, How to Write Unforgettable Fiction by Breaking the Rules. This is definitely one of those, like, get out there and write your story <laughs> talents. Um, but maybe I can read the back and this will just clarify how helpful this was. So it says, don't limit your fiction, liberate it. All too often, following the rules of writing can constrict rather than inspire you. 
With story trump structure, you can shed those rules about three-act structures, rising action, outlining, and more to craft your most powerful, emotional, and gripping stories. Award-winning novelist Stephen James explains how to trust the narrative process to make your story believable, compelling, and engaging, and debunks the common myths that hold writers back from creating their best work. So there's some bullet points. Ditch your outline and learn to write organically. Set up promises for readers and deliver on them. Discover how to craft a satisfying climax. Master the subtleties of characterization. Add mind-blowing twists to your fiction. When you focus on what lies at the heart of story, tension, desire, crisis, escalation, struggle, and discovery, rather than plot templates and formulas, you'll begin to break out of the box and write fiction that resonates with your readers. So, this is kind of like the opposite of Save the Cat. (laughs) Although I think Save the Cat still emphasizes your story needs to have, like, a story. Like, it still needs to be compelling. It can't just be, like, a formula you fill out. And this was really helpful in helping me sort of balance out the need to be really strict with an outline. I'm a very high-level outliner. I don't outline super intensely, but I will say sometimes I need to do that in order to brainstorm. And then when I'm actually writing, I can kind of give myself freedom to explore other options. And again, everyone's different, so you're going to have to probably experiment a little bit with what you're comfortable with, or maybe you've already done that. Um, But you know what? Some chapters don't come easily to me, and I need to sit and brainstorm and think before I put pen to paper, so to speak, Um, and that's okay. And I think that is part of the outlining process. I think this book is basically trying to make you not feel like you should have this super structured formula you're trying to follow. I found this incredibly helpful in also encouraging me to just keep my characters accountable to who they are and also not flat. I think that's my biggest fear is my characters being flat. So, this is a really good way of kind of getting in the psychology of your book versus just like how can you get it to the finish line. This book is a great resource for thinking through the psychology and the emotion and the kind of, you know, practicalities of certain situations and it gives very specific scenarios as well. It talks a lot about character goals conflict, you know, sometimes in my character profiles I'll talk about what that person is struggling, not not just in the physical space of the story, but also internally, what they're emotionally going through, and that really helps me feel like I can write them even better by psychologically tapping into what that person is going through, that maybe on paper, I'm not really spelling that out, right? Let narrative forces rather than formulas drive your story forward. Which I do think makes sense, right? Like, you could write a perfect outline of a seemingly great story, but if it's like, there's a lot of holes and it doesn't really feel like it's believable, you know, that needs to be addressed. Like I said, though, the whole goal is finishing the story, and then you can always go back and fix certain things, but you kind of have to be realistic about how much you want to go back and fix. If you finish a story and realize you you have to rewrite the whole entire thing and just throw it out, you may just want to understand the level of work that that might take. Um, So yeah. This is a really great resource. Um, The 
that sort of balances out the strict outlining processes that maybe some of you may be more, you know, like that's not really your thing. The story, this book might be really helpful and more in alignment with what you find, what comes easy. Early on in my writing journey, I picked up this, The Writer's Idea Thesaurus. It's an interactive guide for developing ideas for novels and short stories by Fred White. And these are quite literally just like specific prompts and ideas. Um, so this is category 7, Descent into Poverty and Squalor. Um, it's like conflicts. Descent into Wonderland. So, for example, it, they're all called situations, so situation 1 under, under this category 10. When his elderly neighbor fails to answer the doorbell, the narrator ventures inside. When he checks the basement, he discovers the entrance to another world, full of strange delights. But where is the neighbor? So, it's like giving you a prompt, and all this really does is if you're looking for maybe a scenario or inspiration, this is a great book. It's pretty much just ideas. So, some of them are a little out there, but I think it's fun, and it also kind of gets you out of your own head a little bit, and that's the whole point, is to kind of just think outside the box and consider something you haven't considered before. And yeah, I think this is a really helpful tool that I can return to when I'm unsure or I'm kind of at a writer's block or ideas block, if you will. So, that's a great resource. Okay, this next book is Your First Novel. This is also a great first, I guess, you know, initial book to get if you would like, you know, I'm sure there's so many other books like it, but it's basically an expert guide to writing and publishing a novel. So this is one I'm probably going to be returning back to in the publishing journey and of course online. Um, the world has just changed so much, so I feel like now more than ever, writing books and getting it in front of someone's eyes is easy because we have things like TikTok and social media that we're spreading the word a lot faster than search engines are. At the same time, you know, publishing is still its own very traditional uh, or expensive arena, so there are things to consider. I'm not opposed to independently publishing. I guess now would be a good time to explain that like for me as a writer, uh, we're all different and we all have different goals. For me, I've never been one to, I have never really dreamt of like being on the New York Times bestselling list. I think that's like a very interesting um, accolade that a lot of writers, of course, should feel so blessed to be on because I think it's just one of those things that sort of shows the popularity and the credibility of someone's work. Well, maybe not credibility, but the artistry, if you will. Um, however, for me, my personal success in writing has always looked like having a decent enough amount of readers that would make continuing to publish my books make sense. Like, I would want to publish my book and, like, nobody read them. <laughs> like that's a lot of effort uh, to kind of like not have anyone read it. I don't think I would regret that, but I think how what I would love to aim for is like at least a following of readers that made it exciting and inspirational to continue making stories. And um, I know I mentioned, of course, I would read my own stories. I already do. But in terms of making publishing make sense, I think that would be my dream, is to have just like 
a good enough amount of readers that would make it sense for me to continue going. Um, and I think there's room enough for me in that space, just like so many of us. Um, do I dream of being this like very viral and celebrity status writer? I don't know. I don't, I don't even think I would want that. I feel like it's a lot of, just like a lot of eyes on you, you know? Um, but maybe most of us don't dream of that and it's more like people just fall into it, you know? <laughs> that being said, my dream is to publish my books and like at least a good amount of people are reading it and they enjoy it, right? I also would want to be like, I don't know, I wouldn't want people to read my books and hate them, so <laughs> at that point I would probably not publish them. Um, but I don't, I don't know that that would be the case. If there's anything about myself I know to be true, it's that I've always wanted to write and I've always wanted to write books um, and have them shared with the world if possible. So I just feel like there naturally has to be people out there who might like my, my stories. So your first novel is a great resource for kind of just like the whole novel experience um and again kind of goes into the publishing realm a bit which i'm just not ready to dive into that just yet so a great resource as well another reference book and then i have a couple of books that i haven't really read through but i picked them up because I still want to like grow in my craft of writing even as I'm trying to write my stories because I do want to get them moving forward that doesn't mean I don't still want to learn and grow and am learning and am growing so I picked up this book called How to Write Dazzling Dialogue which honestly is a very important technique to understand and I will constantly be learning about So, yeah, this is a fun, like, it's a pretty small book, and I think it just kind of shows you the basics um, of dialogue and just, like, making sure you're creating unique voices, but also having conversation flow in a way that isn't so awkward or maybe, like, stiff. Um, so this is something that I will definitely be referencing, <laughs> along with other resources. Um, I think one tip I found online, I don't remember where, but someone said, uh, if your characters are arguing or they're in disagreement, you have good dialogue. And I found that really helpful because interesting dialogue in a book meant you have two people with two different opinions and that's just how we talk in, in day-to-day life, right? Not every conversation we have, someone agrees with us on everything. We're kind of like debating <laughs> at work, in our personal lives. Um, so I think that was a really good tip, just that I, I have in the back of my head. And this other book is called Creating Character Arcs. The Masterful Author's Guide to Uniting Story Structure, Plot, and Character Development. Um, so I have yet to really dive into this one as well. Um, but I feel like this is a good... Sometimes this helps um, tie in everything. Because sometimes I think, for me, my stories tend to be more... They're more, there's a plot focus uh, throughout, and that's very prevalent, especially with like fantasy. You know, there's a lot going on in fantasy stories. And the character development is sort of like in the background, but it's happening and often propels the plot forward. Sometimes enmeshing those is important, and uh, I'm still learning a lot. So this was a, an interesting resource that I felt could help with that. So, um, 
Yeah, it's, it asks, have you written a story with an exciting concept and interesting characters, but it just isn't grabbing the attention of readers or agents? It's time to look deeper into the story beats that create realistic and compelling character arcs. So, I think if I could have people read my books and myself, and I fall in love with the characters, and I'm like rooting for them, or maybe I hate them, you know, the villains, that is important to me, not just for my own reading journey, but for other people reading my work. So, um, yeah, this is definitely important, writing compelling character arcs. Okay. These books are really fun. They are basically the sauruses for different things. So this is the emotion thesaurus. It's a writer's guide to character expression. So for example, if a character is feeling conflicted, there are a list of physical signals of feeling conflicted. So you're kind of showing the character feels conflicted without saying this character feels conflicted. Um, and then you have internal sensations mental responses, cues of being conflicted over the long term. It just helps you find ways to show an emotion um, just a bit more organically than just saying it outright, right? Like if you have a character that's broody, you want to show over time that they're broody and not just, you know, constantly saying they're feeling broody right now. Like, that's not as exciting. <laughs> so, I love this one a lot. And so I loved it so much that I got the rest of the books in the same series. This is a positive trait thesaurus. Uh, character attributes that are positive. So it's the same concept, but about character traits. So this is, uh, for example, imaginative and it gives you the definition possible causes of why they got the positive trait associated behaviors for example they like being creative so that would make them obviously imaginative maybe they're very artistic they're constantly sketching or journaling maybe they have an eccentric style Maybe they're always curious and asking questions. So there's just like a wealth of options to show how a character can be imaginative. Um, and just other aspects of that trait. So again, it's like a reference book. And it helps you develop your characters more fully than just kind of past, you know, what their eye color is, you know. So it's important to consider who they are as a person and what they're struggling with, what they love. Although I would recommend, you know, you don't need to know every single thing about something, about a character. Um, like if their favorite food is ramen, but you just never mention that in the book, it might not be really imperative to write that detail down. But let's say their favorite food is ramen and their character is constantly knowledgeable of all the best ramen places in their town. Like, I can see that being a valuable note to have in your character profiles. So, <laughs> go as detailed as you want, but also, like, you know, it doesn't need to be taking up all your time. <laughs> the next thesaurus book is the Negative Trait Thesaurus. I feel like this is really good for villains and just antagonists because you don't want those characters to fall flat either. So, and also your protagonist should have flaws. Not everyone should be perfect. Um, and so I think these are so great to show flaws. So for example, um, So there's the flaw of being haughty, 
which is contemptuously proud in a way that disdains others and goes through the associated behaviors, etc. Just like the positive trait of the Saurus. So, that's what it looks like. I like these thesaurus books because they break everything down like bullet points so you're not having to like read a ton of information and then try to parse out what's most important. The most helpful books for me are like quick references, there's graphs, there's quick examples so I'm not having to like read so many paragraphs before I get to the point. <laughs> These are all my resource books. I know that was quite a bit, but I will go ahead and jump into my outline process a little bit and where I'm at with my current stories. So, I have my computer here to kind of help guide, um, but I'll put in some recordings of the outline of what I'm talking through. I will go ahead and link again the uh, video that I got this concept from, from the creator Adele. I've modified this outline version a bit for myself, so it's probably going to look a little different, but I did get the inspiration and the idea from that video, so you can check that out. It's very detailed as well. My outline, I needed to keep it simple. Um, otherwise, I was just going to get overwhelmed with information. So for me, the important things for my outline sheet, and I used Excel because I like to see lists and like high-level information, and then I did go ahead and have separate documents of specific details or like character stories, I would even have a Word document of just like if I was writing out the story but like as a summary and try to get as far as I could because it was just all in my head. But this is specifically meant to organize out the scenes, the chapters, and keep track of my progress to finishing the draft. So the very first column I have is Beats. Beats basically breaks things down into the save the cat beats, so like opening image, setup, theme stated, catalyst, debate, um, all that good stuff, break into two, B story, fun and games, midpoint, and all of those terms can be googled and you can find some quick definitions, but they're also explained in the save the basically means those beats are going to show up from throughout the story and the chapters where those beats occur should, you know, be noted. So for example, catalyst sort of means that the character is in the first 10% of the book thrown into a different situation than their normal everyday life, right? That could be a psychological situation, doesn't have to be physical, but you get the point. There has to be some kind of incident that takes us and launches us into a story, right? So, um, I basically have the beats in the first column to keep track of where my chapters fall in that beat. So, for the next column, I have chapters. So I literally write out chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. And some chapters will not be part of a beat, but a, but a beat is meant to be like a pulse in the story and then there's kind of like gaps of story that fill in between other beats. So I might have three chapters until the next beat or 15 chapters until the next beat. Obviously, you want to keep in mind the length and the pacing of your story. That's all going to be something we learn as we go, but the second column I have is chapters. 
is and I give them little titles, you know, for myself to kind of know what's basically happening in that chapter. Uh, the next column is what is going on in that chapter. Now you could break it down more specifically to what is the goal of this chapter? What is the conflict? And like other such details, for me, it just made more sense to keep those things in mind, but just have one column of like a summary of what I want that chapter to communicate. And it's literally like two sentences. I don't end up writing like paragraphs and paragraphs. That's all for the writing process of writing the chapter, at least for myself. So it's quite honestly just a little summary of what I want to happen in that chapter. It's very cut and dry. There's no fluff. I save all of that for my writing process and actually sitting down to write. My next column that I have is a written column and I used this for, I use this as a way to keep track of which chapters are completed and it's like a checkbox. Um, but you could, you could honestly do I do have like a notes column and then like an old column where sometimes I'll have a chapter summary but then I'll go back and change it but I don't want to delete my old notes so I'll just kind of move those old notes into a different column in the same row and replace the chapter summary of what's happening with the new notes. So that is like the old column. The next column is a word count, and then the following column after that is goal count. For me, my goal of chapter lengths have been around 2,500 words. I want to write long books, like 400 pages. Um, I'm not opposed to less or more. I have some chapters that are about 2,500, and some chapters that are like 3,000. And I know that I can fix all of that later um, if needed, but I would rather write more than less. So my goal minimum word count for every chapter would be at least 2,500 words, or at least until I felt like the chapter wrapped up. My word count column is where I actually, you know, check the word count of what I write. And the way I went about this was um, writing each chapter in its own Word document and then checking the word count of that document in Google Docs. If you're in Scrivener, it's a pretty similar setup. So it'll tell you the word count immediately in Scrivener for Google Docs or maybe like a Microsoft Word doc. You might have to go to that tool that says what's the word count and just get your word count that way. And uh, yeah, so then I track the word count and the goal count is right next to it just to keep an eye on it. To be honest, the goal count, I don't think I needed to have it for every single um, chapter. So at some point I just stopped filling that in because it was like the general goal count was 2,500 words per chapter. I didn't need to fill that out for every row. So you could probably nix that if you wanted, unless you do have like a specific goal you want to keep. For me, keeping track of the word count was most important because that gives me an idea of the length of the novel. You can calculate online like how many words is a 350 page book and it will roughly give you an estimate. It kind of depends on how the book is printed at the end of the day, um, but there are some great quick searches you can do to find that formula. And if you want to write short books, you can write short books. If you want to write long books, you can write long books. I feel like I'm sort of leaning towards the long middle, middle range for myself. <laughs> and when I was doing NaNoWriMo, I was able to keep track every day of my word count of my chapters and I was able to meet my 50,000 word goal um, in those months that I did it. I did NaNoWriMo. I won it at least twice. I think I've taken it maybe a couple, like three times total in the last few years. 
years and one of those times I didn't end up meeting my goal, but that was okay. So this is the outlining process I work with. I do have folders and documents that have world building details and character profiles. I use Scrivener now for my other novels so I get to kind of organize it even more so and that's been really fun and it makes my organization heart very happy. Um, but again, you should definitely go with the process that helps you make sense of everything best enough to a point where you can actually complete a first draft. Um, don't get lost in too much of the detail unless it's propelling you forward, right? Um, so at the end of the day, you have to make some decisions and just kind of go for it, right? In the summer of, I want to say 2020, um, maybe it was 2021, one of those two years, it's hard to remember, I finished my first fantasy romance novel, which is actually a part of a series. If you had to imagine what this book is about, if you've ever played Final Fantasy games, the world is inspired by those games. At least, I think it's like Final Fantasy 10 or 11. Those worlds. <laughs> Video games definitely inspired me. So it's kind of like sci-fi fantasy world, but the character is, you know, going through her journey and finds romance along the way and characters and the plot is very like magical, political, but like it's just very fantastical. <laughs> so it's one of my series that I have thought of since I was 13. And I finally was able to write it. It's about a hundred something thousand words and it's meant to be a part of a series. I have pretty much the other books highly, you know, high level um, summarized. And I ended up printing out my first draft and I actually recommend this A, if you are willing to spend a little bit of money to do it and B, if you feel like having it physically printed would continue to motivate you. I don't know that I'm going to um, obviously edit my my book purely from a printed version. I would probably go to the digital version most often and do all the editing. But this was to help me read through my first novel and start taking detailed notes of the edits I want to make. I believe Adele is another, again, the creator I mentioned, she does this as well, and so many other authors on YouTube that I've seen, they've done the same thing. If you don't really feel like that's necessary, this isn't a critical step, but it is a fun step. And, um, I just did a, I just printed this at Staples, I'm sure they were very confused. I got a spiral bound, and separate notebook where I've been keeping my editing notes. Um, however, I'm thinking I might just keep that on a digital version so I don't have to transcribe things twice. Um, and it truly is um, going through every single chapter and taking notes. I do have an editing process I was following. If I can find it, I will link it. But it's basically like there's a formula, not a formula, but a way you can go about tracking different things as you're reading. There's quick notes you can make in the margins of the story to notate the issues and keep that notation in a separate document. So again, there's so many resources out there, but I promise once you finish your first draft, everything just becomes easier. It just becomes more manageable. It starts to click and make sense. So, um, yeah, this is the, the book in its flesh, if you will. And 
I am so proud of it and I want to make it really great. So I'm not ready, I think, to push this or propel this to publishing because as I finished this book, I actually launched into writing another book that same year that I finished this one. And it's like a dark academia retelling, supernatural, magical uh, retelling of um, a story. I'm afraid to say it because I feel like someone's going to be out there and be like, somebody else already did that did that, so I don't want to mention it. <laughs> um, although I'm sure it doesn't really matter, so I'll just mention it. But it's basically like a retelling of Robin Hood and Lady Marian. So, is it Lady Marian or is it Maid Marian? I think it's Maid Marian. <laughs> so it's a retelling of a Robin Hood, but it's from like the point of view of Marian, and it's also based in contemporary times, and it's not really a retelling, to be honest. It's completely made up, just kind of using those characters as inspiration. Um, so I'm really excited about it. It's, it gives me like Twilight vibes, Vampire Diary vibes, except I'm not into love triangles with brothers or siblings. I just find that really weird. Personally, I, I, I think I can read books about it, but like writing about it, I just, I feel weird about it. So love triangles that I ever write about are probably not going to be siblings because that's just so awkward. <laughs> um, but those are the kind of like shows I can think of. It's very like a fall winter feeling book and I'm so excited to finish it. I'm 50% of the way done with my first draft and my goal is to finish that. And I think I might want, I would obviously want to make that a series. Um, I already know that, but I think that might be the book I want to have be my debut novel, if possible. I'm not discounting this one, but this one is just like my precious baby. And um, I'm not, it's just, it's got a bit more to it fantasy wise that I know I'm going to need to grow in. But that's not to say, you know, life is short and I might as well get them out into the world, you know? So, uh, yeah, I'm just really excited about the ideas that I have for books and I think my biggest challenge is getting things done. Um, but I haven't been too concerned about that in a sense, like I don't put a lot of pressure on myself because I don't feel like my best creativity shows up in that way. I think my creativity shows up when I have this feeling of expansion and, you know, happiness and like, you know, freedom. And if I feel pressured or anxious, I don't think I show up very well. But I do think the, you know, the idea that, you know, I don't have, I don't have all the time in the world, but I also do. Like, I have the power to do what I want to do. I shouldn't sell myself short. I am capable of sharing this someday. And I don't necessarily want it to wait that much longer. And that's coming from a place of I'm ready to step into it versus feeling pressured to get it done because I only have one life to live, you know? So I hope for you that you don't feel pressured to get something done when you're not ready because it probably won't be done the way you would want anyway. Um, take the time to learn and research. I'm doing that even though I've done all this research. I've taken a few breaks in between writing, so I constantly kind of have to relearn some stuff. I have to pick up these books again, <laughs> but I'm in a place where I'm really excited and I'm feeling that creativity flow, so I'm going to ride that wave and we shall see what happens. But yeah, I uh, encourage you to 
find what works for you. You know, if the flashcards and poster boards are not working, they didn't work for me. So, <laughs> find your method, and if those methods do work, then continue to use them, and um, don't feel like you need to try out other people's processes that you think, you know, because they might be really successful in what they do, you know, everyone's just, just as human as you are, right? And you are just as capable of writing a book as I am or anyone else. I hope this was helpful. This was probably incredibly long, a lot of talking, <laughs> but I did want to share it. It is a big part of who I am, and um, yeah, I I don't know if there's any more interest in in this topic in this area, but if you do, feel free to let me know. And if not, just know my love for reading is deep, so there will always be some fun book relaxation content. And uh, yeah, I hope that this was relaxing and that you are well, wherever you are, whatever time it is. And I appreciate you taking the time to watch. And I hope to see you in the next video.